Welcome back to the no spin dash zone, unless you have the pink color power. Yeah, it's... They made the spin dash like a power you can activate once if you go to a certain place on the map. What? It's the is pink that... color power. Is I, the didn't spin know, dash. I didn't know about this. That's the spin dash zone. Hold it. <laughs> what? We'll, we'll get <laughs> to that. This is so weird. Okay, go on. I'm Steven. Hello. I mean, to be fair... <laughs> I'm Isaiah. I'm Charlie. And we're the no spin dash. We're we're the we're we're the the dashers together. We're the dash boys. We're the, the one time Charlie referred to us as the spin balls, and I thought that was really funny. <laughs> when did that happen? I it was like episode four or something. <laughs> that sounds old enough for me to forget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're the the um, spinettes. Nope. Today, we played Sonic Colors for the Nintendo Wii. And nothing That's else. That's true. And nothing else, yeah. Nothing else. Later, we'll that? be playing the 3D, or 3DS, the regular DS port of Sonic Colors, which is actually an entirely different game developed by Dimps. Sound familiar? That's because it'll be happening for, like, the next five games that we play, and it happened for Unleashed. I, I really enjoy the Dimps saga. They've just become the shadow of Sonic Team. As as a kid, I I slept on Dimps games. They're the ultimate life form. I liked Sonic Rush, and like that was it. Like I never played any of the other Dimps games. You'll you'll I think you'll like you'll like Colors DS. I hope so. But we're not here to talk about Colors DS today. Not today. Not today. We're talking about the sequel, the Sonic Unleashed. Sonic Unleashed Wait. Two. Sonic Unleashed Two. Sonic Unleashed Two. Sonic Leash. <laughs> Uh, Sonic Un Unleashed, <laughs> Sonic Unleashed Plus, otherwise known as Sonic Generations Minus. <laughs> more, more Sonic, fewer leashes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Color. <laughs> so let's start by talking about some of the gameplay adjustments here. There aren't a ton. For the most part, this game plays a lot like the day stages of Sonic Unleashed. Mostly the the HD version, I guess is what we're referring to it as, and. Except this time, the homing attack is mapped correctly. Yeah, you you just jump twice to do a homing attack, and you hit square to boost, and if you don't have any boost meter, you'll do the tiny air dash that was present in Sonic Unleashed until you unlock the homing attack. <laughs> Which... Don't you mean... What? Wait. Yeah, you could do a little air dash in... Uh, well, no, you couldn't do the air dash until you unlocked it. No, you could do the air dash, but you could not boost in the air, whether you had boost meter or not. But once you get the boost, if you have any boost meter, then when you do the square in the air, you you just shoot yourself as far as possible, as opposed to doing a little air dash. Okay. You also double jump when you can't homing attack. Yeah, that's the weirdest part of this game. And it's not even, like, that significant of a jump boost. It's about... I mean, I guess it is, but, like, it feels insignificant. I think it adds a lot to the game, though. It's about the same as the lightning barrier from Sonic 3. Oh... Uh... It feels... I don't know. Hmm. It's just enough to help you precision platform and get over... Like, there are obstacles they make in this game that are just high enough that you will need to double jump, but I don't qualify that as, like, good level design. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it's very useful for, like, positioning your jumps better, but I think it could have been a little better for that specific purpose because sometimes... When I double jump, I seem to speed up and then overshoot the small platform I need to land on. Yeah. And uh, then I die instantly and get very mad. It's true. 
the double jump is weird. <laughs> I think whether we like it or not, we can all agree it was a peculiar addition this late in the franchise. Yeah, I honestly, I think it, it makes a lot of sense for this game specifically. Um, I think they 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 do enough with it, but I definitely think as far as like, how about a jump that helps you precision platform? I think it might have been useful to say the second jump slows you down so that precision is easier or something like that. Yeah, almost like in Unleashed when you're playing as the Werehog. Yeah, exactly. Except maybe only been... in the SD version. I don't remember if the double jump actually slows you down in the HD version. It's uh, it, it gets you out of dash. Oh, that's right. It just sets you to base speed. Which, like, that, that sort of thing of, like, yeah, so if you're moving very fast and you do a second jump, you slow down. Uh, or maybe it, like, resets your speed or something like that. Like, that yeah. would have been very useful for how much... There's a lot of precision platforming in this game. Yeah, I was think So, this game plays a lot like Day Stages, like I said. Although, the level design itself is much more focused on the 2D aspects of that Day Stage gameplay. There are still 3D yeah. segments, and there are even that that lane-based gameplay that you get in the HD version. And you have the boost meter and everything. But for the most part, this game is designed a lot more like Sonic 2, Sonic CD, and Sonic 3. Yeah. In fact, to me, this feels yeah. like the Sonic CD of the 3D Sonic games after Adventure 2. Interesting. What? So you've got Sonic 06, which is Sonic 1. It sucks a lot. They're okay ideas, but ultimately it mostly just sucks. And then Sonic 2 is unleashed, right? It's got great music. It's got good visuals. It's still not quite right. And then you've got Sonic CD, which is Colors, right? And then you've got Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which is Generations. Hmm. I will accept this analogy, but I can't say anything meaningful about it because I don't fully understand it. It's a very weird and loose comparison. Alright, there are four games, right? <laughs> There's Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic <laughs> I think CD. We've got don't... the four games part. <laughs> like, in, in what way is this game similar to Sonic CD, aside from it being the third out of four games? It's pretty and feels kind of like an outlier compared to the two that come before it. Alright. And it's weird. It's pretty fucking weird, right? It is pretty weird. And there's there's a lot of bombing music, but nobody can agree on which music is the most bombing. Yeah. And, like, it kind of is tonally different from its predecessors. Yeah. Like, really tonally different from its predecessors. That's de Okay, you know what? That's definitely true. The only problem is that the game with the really, really good opening cutscene is Sonic Unleashed, which would make it CD. But it's not a perfect analogy, obviously. Yeah. But it just, that's how it feels. It feels to me like we're in a transitional phase for 3D Sonic. Oh, yeah. That much I completely agree with. Post-06 3D Sonic. And also, bo in both of these quadrilogies, they're, the first game is called Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so fight me, I, I <laughs> You're win. Right. Case closed. <laughs> You're right. That <laughs> case closed. So uh, mm. I want to talk about the lane gameplay a little bit because, first of all, I think it's greatly improved from Unleashed. In that mm. it's not just here's three boys that are shooting lasers at you, although it does have uh, yeah, I was still to too many of those. <laughs> I was about to say that's at least half of those segments. I don't know. I feel like it's not as frequent. It's not. It's not as frequent. In fact, it never really was that frequent. Well, in Unleashed, it happened at least like once a day stage for the Did it? for the HD version. I feel could be wrong. For the HD version, it was know. it was almost once a like. It was like once a zone, I think, which is far too often. I think once total is acceptable. To clarify, you're talking about lasers specifically, not just the sidestepping. No, I'm talking yeah. about sidestepping. 
Oh, sidestepping, yes, but lasers. I was I, I was talking about lasers specifically. Oh, la yeah, lasers specifically is once his own. But when you go into that, like no need to move left or right, just hit the buttons and avoid yeah. things like that. I don't like lasers or not. The lasers are lazy because it's the same design every time. But like even yep. when you're running through a city and it's like, quick, there's a building on your right. Oh no, there's also one on your left. Oh look, some rings. Like it's, I'm not having it. I think I think I mean, colors. I think the hermit crab makes it a bit more interesting because then you have to jump at some point. <laughs> Yes, but adding like that... You have to boost away from it, avoid the lasers, and if it gets close to you, you have to jump to avoid it. It makes it better, but I would still like to just play the game, you know, like with the That's good really mechanics sure. that they came up with and tight controls. But I, I would sure. like to talk about this because there are some sections where you're in the, the lane gameplay where if you don't hold forward, you'll slow down. All of them, And, and also, right? in this game, uh, left and right, change your lanes unlike an unleashed where it was two different buttons uh and left and right makes sense because you're moving left and right but it's super weird to be like i have to hold forward but then i have to hit left and right yeah and then go back to holding forward and also sometimes like at some sections of the game if i don't hold forward i don't slow down so i can just worry about hitting left and right and not revert back to forward i thought that all of those segments required you to hold forward no, some of them, if you let go forward, no difference. Maybe it just trained me that most of them do, and then I yeah. just started doing that, and it was annoying. It's especially like the later stages. Did you ever, uh, did you have to have to fight motorbugs in lanes? Mm, yeah. I don't think I got that far. I think that's more of a late game. No, wait, I think there's a part in Starlight Carnival that does that. I got all the way through Starlight Carnival, and I don't remember fighting motobugs on lanes. Actually, you know what? I do now, because I remember it being a joke, because you just walk into them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's not it's not, it's like, not like a fight. Too intensive. Yeah. It's like a Yeah. They're like It's an encounter. They're like stage <laughs> dressing. You like they're like the same as boxes that you run through when you're in like a like a town area. Yeah. Yeah. But so for all of those sections there's there's like three or so in the game. Uh for all of those sections if you release forward, there's no change in speed. Uh and also on uh, the final boss is in lanes, and if you release forward, there's no change. But there are other bosses that are in lanes that, if you release forward, there is a change. Yeah. So it's like really inconsistent. Oh, can we also talk about how in Sonic Unleashed we got this drift mechanic, which makes cornering easier in the parts of the game where you're just running from one place to another, and it's kind of cool mm. to do it because they give you some boost meter for it, and you're encouraged to sort of learn how to implement it in the level but it's not required, so if you're bad at it, you still just kind of get where you're going. Yeah. In this game, it doesn't seem to give you a boost to your boost meter. It doesn't, like, fill it up at all, because that's relegated exclusively to one power-up that we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah. you also don't need to do it to take the turns that it's, like, suggested <laughs> for, and you, yeah. you cannot do it outside of specific things. So basically, you'll just occasionally come to a hairpin turn, and the game will put a logo up on the screen, and if you don't exactly understand what's going on, you don't care, and you just walk past it. But you can yeah. drift, and there's no reason to. Dr drift, like, doesn't add anything to the game whatsoever, except that it, like, feels kinda cool. But, like... You also can't boost in drift areas, right. yeah. I realize. because it's the same because, button. yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, the boost yeah, button and the drift, drift button are the button same button. The boost button. I I thought it That's was weird. if I'm holding left or right, 
it becomes the drift button, and if I'm holding forward, it becomes the boost button, but I nope. never really experimented. No, in fact, they even play the same animation, kind of. Like, you look like you're boosting while you're drifting, but you don't actually go any faster, from what I can tell. <laughs> and you may the only thing I can think of is that it may give you a bonus for successfully drifting, but even then, it's like, oh, yay, 5,000 points for getting the S rank. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the boost is, like, the, the biggest part of this game that that I don't like from Unleashed. Yeah. Because uh, you don't get it from collecting rings. You get it from collecting, like, s a specific wisps, which we'll talk about later. I mean, we're about I, to talk about them now, so we might as well just segue. Yeah. But, like, I also think there's no difference in speed between boosting and just running at max speed. Uh, I don't think there is a difference between boosting and running at max speed, but the acceleration is instant as opposed to very slow. That's true. But, like... You basically, like, it's it's weird because from Unleashed, I'm trying to say, try to be boosting at all times, right? Like, if I'm not boosting, I'm doing something wrong. But yeah. in th then in this <laughs> game, a boost just kind of feels like an instant spin dat. Like, I hit the boost button, I'm at max speed, and then I don't boost because I won't get more boost for a while. Yeah. It's more of a commodity. Yeah. True. And I also feel like this game doesn't encourage you to actually play it fast at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we'll 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 get to the like biggest thing about that like once well, I, we talk about wisps. I just want to make as much emphasis as possible on the fact that this game does have S ranks, but they mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, and they kind of the game has a counter for how many S ranks you've gotten, but there's no like you don't unlock anything yeah. for getting them or anything like that. And that only serves to make it more infuriating if you're trying to get them. Because then you get to the end and you got all the S ranks and the game is like, good job, and gives you nothing. You do get lives. You get a, an extra life for an A rank and three extra lives for an S rank. Yeah, but, but if, like, you, if you're playing well enough to get an S rank, what do you need lives for? <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the Wisps. The Wisps? Yeah. The Wisps are a new mechanic. Well, specifically, they're aliens because this game is about rescuing aliens. And there are eight of them technically that sounds right because like there's the white one which they all have color powers except for the white ones the white ones are just like getting boost and you always find wisp and capsules and usually the white ones are placed like in a place where you just right in front of it so like you hit him like okay now i can boost in like a 3d area and sometimes they're in robots but not often yeah because they kind of replace the concept of flickies that we haven't seen in a while yeah but they're only in some of them and like, and there's no way to know if a robot has a wisp in it until you kill the robot. Right. Yeah. Like, there's no visual difference between the two. But it's like implied that all of the robots are powered by, like, all of the robots and the park itself is powered by wisps. Yeah. It's weird. And like, in, in to support, like, they replace flickies in some stages. You end by hitting a capsule that's full of wisps. Yeah, that was the thing that like compelled me the most to to notice this. So, and one of the first, like, actual, the first actual, like, wisp that the color power gave you is, like, cyan laser, which it lets you choose an angle. It'll be horizontal if you're in a 3D space, but you'll do it vertically if it's in a 2D space. And it's just, like, you just shoot in a straight line, and it'll bounce off walls, and there are crystals that will redirect your movement. And sometimes there'll be, like, a, a, like a Tesla coil you can go into. Yeah, like a lightning rod. instantly transport you. Then there's yellow drill, which lets you drill into ground. Usually you could tell because you'll see a very earthy-looking crust 
Yeah. That'll let you go into it. Like, it'll be dirt or cake and sweet mountain. <laughs> yeah. You can also use it in water, which is just a, a way to easily swim, which isn't too bad because, like, when you're in water as regular Sonic, you can just jump forever. So it's not like in previous Sonic games where you're just, like, relegated to sink. Yeah. It becomes just a nightmare. It's just slower. I do think this is the best uh, water level mechanics in any Sonic game. Yeah. Because you can, like, if you don't have power-ups, you can swim. And if you have power-ups, you can swim better. Like, that's just that's a, it's way It's a bit better. hard to curve around, though. Yeah. Um, see, the next power... I, I think I'm just going to go for memory. I'm not going like, to try to go in like, a specific order, just kind of how I remember it. Uh, there's Orange Rocket, which is just vertical movement. Yeah, you just go up. Yeah, it's... I, I, I kept thinking that, like, you need to, like, hold the button down a certain way. But no, you just go up. It's just got weird timing with it thrust lift off i'm not a physicist <laughs> or engineer it's also like an alien shaped like a rocket which has some weird implications <laughs> yeah and then there's like blue cube which is a very interesting color power it's a piece because switch. it like yeah it's just a piece which that activates certain blocks it turns blocks into rings, and you collect the rings, but, like, the rings, like, literally do nothing. It's not even, like, an actual ring. Yeah, they don't it's increase your ring counter. It's show you that you can change it into a cube and vice versa. And you can, you can, the difference between, like, a P-switch is that you can activate the power multiple times to switch until, like, the power runs out. And I, I think using it, like, makes it go down faster. I don't remember. Using it also generates a ground pound effect. Yeah, so you can destroy uh, blocks that would otherwise be indestructible and you destroy robots within like your screen area i actually like that power quite a bit i didn't like it at first but it grew on me yeah. i think it's probably my favorite power only because the level design around it is better than the level design around all the other powers yeah it's like actually level design as opposed to every other power is just a tool to get you from point a to point b and frequently your goal is like grab a power and then look for the thing you have to go to like for yeah. you know laser it's the diamonds that just redirect you and they redirect you onto like a locked path so no matter where you hit the diamond from you just go on a locked path which i think is fine but it's not super yeah. interesting and then same thing with the drill. The drill gives you a little more leeway because you can kind of explore in the drill area. But the timer is so short that ultimately what you'll want to do is just find the place where it wants you to go. And then the next time you play the level, you just go to that place as fast as possible. Yeah. But but cube is like do a neat little challenge with changing the, things. The cube still has the like look for the blue coins, but it's like look for the blue coins and then execute a challenge within those coins within a certain amount of time. Yeah. Which I found to be delightfully stressful. <laughs> and it feels more like a mode because you can also do that attack by hitting the button. Like it's an attack yeah. and it's like a key to the next area. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes the platforming with those cube sections is a little too tedious, especially in later areas. Yeah, yeah but that's true of like all 2D Sonic. And that's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's just because like the precision platforming is just too much later in the game yeah yeah this game definitely gets to be an old 2d sonic game where by the end it's a like 2d nightmare yeah <laughs> uh another power is green hover which you know lets you hover around and it's also the only way to do the light dash on rings interestingly like that's like the only power from unleash that's like taken away from you yeah 
Oh yeah, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but you get access to all of your little mobility options as Sonic from the top of the game, just like in SD Unleashed, as opposed to HD Unleashed where you had to unlock them. But the color powers are basically just kind of like their own upgrades, but you just find them naturally. It's not like you have to find a ring. Yeah. And it's like, you have this now. It's just like, okay, you can get this wisp now. Because sometimes in early levels, you'll just see a translucent color of a capsule that you just can't access, and it'll represent that power that you'll get later. Yeah, I think that was my least favorite part of this whole system. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that like actually sucks is like... It doesn't feel good to play an early stage and be like, well, I guess I'll just have to come back later. Even though I can beat the stage now, I can't do all the things in the stage until I've gotten farther in the game. Yeah. It's a very old school, like, platformer ideology. Yeah. So yeah, then there's, that's green hover. And then there's pink spikes, which just lets you, like, cling onto walls and ceilings and you can spin dash in it. Which, you know, you could never spin dash and unleash, so that's not, like, a huge deal that it's like relegated to that because boosting is the new spin dash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that that reminds me of a tiny little other thing I wanted to mention. In Unleashed, you always started the stage running and there are other Sonic games that have done this as well. But in this game, there's still a countdown and it pans the camera into Sonic and he kind of moves around a little bit. But then you just start walking. <laughs> Sometimes he starts by running. Yeah. And which... like, it's not always a countdown. Sometimes he's just like doing some, like, pre-jogging exercises and then just takes off running. But, like, sometimes he starts, like, standing still and you have to make him walk, but then there's a dash panel immediately. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different ways that the stage starts, but for the most part, the stages start with you just, like, casually walking and building up to a stroll and then a, a canter and then a full-out sprint. But, like, why not just have him running from the beginning? It's weird. It's very odd. Uh, there's one more wisp uh, color. Yeah, I was trying to remember if there was like one other one, but I think the, there's the, just... the one that I know exists is Purple Frenzy, which is sort of a nega wisp, which is like a corrupted wisp because Eggman's harvesting them for nefarious purposes. Ooga booga. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Purple Frenzy is just like you ravage the land and you can destroy certain obstacles like those cubes. Not the, not the blue cubes, but the cubes that can be destroyed by blue cube power-up. <laughs> right. And you can hit enemies. Destructible blocks. And, yeah. Well, there's like three tiers of blocks in this game. There's gray blocks, yeah. which you can stomp to break by doing the jump and then hit the circle button or the B button if you're on Xbox. Or, well, actually, no, there's not this game. Actually, some of those, the stomp box, you can also, like, push with boost, I think. Yes, that's true. I don't think you actually even have to boost. Yeah, you, you don't, but, like, you have to hit the boost button. Oh, yes, that's true. But uh, I should mention, this game is only on Wii. I'm used to playing Xbox and <laughs> PlayStation games, but this one does not have those buttons at all. <laughs> so it's like, what, the X button on GameCube to boost? Or no, it's the B button. It's the B, B button, button, yeah. Yeah, it's the B button. X is stomp, I think. Yes, that's yes, that's accurate. God, remapping my head to the GameCube controls after all this time is so difficult. I mean, my fingers <laughs> do it just fine, but saying them out loud is not an easy task. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can stomp on those boxes and break them as regular Sonic, and you can also push them. And then there are these boxes that, like, are black, but they have a, like, cross going through them, and it's, like, the, like a glowy thing, and there's a ball in the middle. And those you can break with power-ups. I think the blue one can do it, and the frenzy one can do it. And can't the spikes break those as well? Uh, yes. May I think so, the, yes. The yes, they can. The spikes power-up breaks them just by touching them. Yeah. So those are sort of, like, the 
power-up obstacle, and then there are the black boxes that don't have the like cross through them, and those are unbreakable no matter what you do, right? And yeah. yeah, and those are just we wanted to make like level design, but we didn't want to build an environment specifically for this level design. So we're doing floating boxes. <laughs> well, they're also good for highlighting specific things that That's regular true. level geometry and, might not be. I mean, it, it sounds like I'm being dismissive of it, but like sometimes the level design is just so like block specific, you can't build an environment around it. So we're just not going to like, there's no, we're just going to have boxes. Like, screw it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a few boxes. Yeah. Especially like, like you get later in the game and it gets very box heavy. But like you're doing the the uh, spike power up and you're just like walking along on boxes and you're like, what else would they have done? Yeah, this is just a maze. Like, <laughs> my favorite thing in a. Well, you know game. what? Uh, the drill can also destroy the blocks, but like, kind of takes a while because you have to like go through this like little cutscene of it's the like, drill breaking the block. Yeah, he's like so drilling it's not as into the block. As other powers. It's also just not implemented as much that way. Yeah. Yeah. The drill is maybe my least favorite of the power-ups. That's kind of what I was thinking. I think my yeah. problem with the drill is that, like, I want to explore, but as soon as I leave the ground because I found a new place to explore, I no longer have the drill power-up. Yeah. So, like, and so like I can't go back and explore a different area. I'm committed to this specific area now. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's a big problem. Like the very first level when you get the drill. Yeah, because there's yeah. like eight different things to do with it, and you get to pick one each time you play the level. Yeah. Like the only way to guarantee you get drill back is if you get into a pocket where there's literally no other escape. Yeah. Yeah. And also the timer on the drill is so short that you can't like check each of those areas, see what might be in there, and then go to a different one. Like yeah. you kind of only yeah. have time to go to one. It's also hard to aim for tubes because sometimes you go into tubes to move around. Yeah. And like you just keep going around, but you keep bouncing around because it's so precise. Yeah, you hit like yeah. a curving a, is not good. A bit above it or a bit below it. The drill, but, the drill timer does last longer in the water, I think. Yeah. Uh, which ironically but you don't is in the water. Yeah, I mean, I, ironically, that's the one time I think it could have been the short timer, because yeah. if you are no longer in the drill, you're still fine. Like you don't die instantly. Oh yeah, we should mention that if you do run out of the timer in the dirt, you just die. Yeah. You yeah. You just suffocate. Which is weird, because you're making but, a path. Like, can't Sonic roll up into a ball and then go back in the path that he made? I don't know. You would think so. I just I just want to finish up by saying, uh, with Frenzy, you get bigger the more you consume. Oh, yeah. Ah, you caught Amari. But then you automatically, like, get out of it once you find a spring. Yeah, you'll you'll destroy, like, a hundred boxes, and one of them will have a spring in it, and you'll just become a tiny boy again as soon as you touch the spring. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, that wraps up the color powers, and they're fine. So it's kind of interesting if you get like a one wisp, and then like you just you get another one. The other wisp, your first wisp, will like hang around for a bit, and you can like switch them again. Yeah. In case you change oh, your it's, mind. Oh, it's worth mentioning these wisps. You collect them in a capsule, and then you have to use them like manually by shaking the Wii remote or whatever it is on the GameCube. Uh, Z button. Z. Yeah. Uh, and that's a one-time use, so a lot of the time the game goes, hey, here's a Wisps, now here's an opportunity to use it to get, like, 20 rings, and the level design trains you not to trust that, because you go, okay, but there's going to be a way to get an unlock 
later in the level if I save this wisp until later. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of times in the game that I've just never used the wisps that were given to me because I was waiting for the opportunity to use them in a better way. Right, and it's like only half the time is that actually the way it works. So frequently yeah. you're just like keeping yourself away from sometimes even the unlocks themselves that are just where you would expect them to be. <laughs> it's a really infuriating yeah. design scheme. Uh, so let's let's talk about those unlocks. Go for um, it. Littered in all 40? It's 7 six. times 6, which is yeah. not 40. That uh, would be... Well, no. It's 6 times 6. That would be 42 S if it's 7 times 6. It's 6 times 6, and... You're right, because the terminal uh, velocity, terminal velocity have doesn't have any. Have a red ring. Yeah. Uh, so in, in all 36 uh, stages that are not bo bosses or terminal velocity... Uh, there are collectibles called red rings, which are uh, rings, but they're but the, you're not gonna believe red this. Star rings, technically. They're also big. Yeah, they're they're also yeah. big. Yeah. Um, and but not as each, big as a blue ring. True. Each level has five of them, and there are 180 in total. Um, and they're they're usually like hidden away in some kind of like micro puzzle solving circumstance. Sometimes there's an execution challenge to get them. Sometimes you just have to explore. Uh, but usually it's very, very easy to go a whole stage without collecting one. Uh, in fact, at the beginning, because not all the wisps are unlocked yet, you can't collect them. Yeah. It, yeah. Which is very frustrating. There's just no point um, in trying to explore a level until you've unlocked all of the available wisps. And the game does a pretty terrible job of telling you which wisps you need in which world until you're, you know, about five worlds in. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 weird because I spent a lot of time looking for these red rings. In fact, in Asteroid Coaster, I think I'm missing, out of the 30 wis uh, red rings in that zone, I was missing only, like, five. And it kind of sucks, actually, because you want to slow down to find them yeah like you can't play the game fast if you want to get the red rings it's not even like there have been previous sonic games where there were secrets around and like specifically sonic pocket adventure had the puzzle pieces that helped you make pictures of sonic things with this cool official art and i liked those because they encourage you to poke around a level and find different routes but then those different routes that you find let you beat the level faster so it encourages you to be explorative in an effort to eventually beat the level as fast as possible. And same thing with Sonic Adventure and Adventure 2. Adventure to a lesser degree. But Sonic Adventure 2 has unlockable power-ups that will show you, like, oh, if you light dash in these specific spots, you'll beat the level just a little bit faster. And you can use the bounce to get over certain jumps. So, like, even though I think that unlock system is kind of annoying, um, it does teach you to go back to levels and use your new abilities to beat the level even faster in ways that you wouldn't have thought of if you just always had those abilities. But here, when you get all the rings, you haven't learned anything because there's no point in beating the level faster. And oftentimes, the red rings are hidden in the opposite direction that you would go to do th something quickly. Yeah. Like, very frequently, uh, in order to get a ring, you have to slow yourself way down, even if you know where it is. Yeah. Or you have to, like, purposefully avoid boost panels or, like, the boost rings. Yeah. It's, it's uh, infuriating. <laughs> there have been a bunch of times that I, that I have stopped and moved backwards to try and collect a red ring. <laughs> That's one thing I'll give this game above Unleashed, 
is that you are allowed to go backwards a little more frequently. Yeah. There aren't just, just these dumb invisible walls all over the place. They're still usually about two or three per level, but they're a little more forgiving when it comes to, oh, there is definitely a red ring back there. Let me go back and get it. Yeah. The, the game, I think the game never, Unleashed has done this a few times, but Colors, as far as I'm aware, never did like a, hey, here's a here's an unlockable thing that you missed, and now that we've shown it to you, you can never go back to it. Yeah, it's like... Like, it's already too late to move backwards to collect it. Yeah, just might as well restart. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> every... Uh, what's up? <laughs> Charlie just said, kill yourself. Oh, I... <laughs> Like, especially if it's, like, on a rail. Yeah. Yeah. And then the worst is when they put you, like, they show you the thing, and then they throw you into the air, and then they land you on a checkpoint, so you can't even kill yourself to go back and get it, and you literally have to replay the entire level. Ah. Uh, Unleashed did that. Yeah, Colors doesn't do that. So many times. Or at least if it does, it does it very rarely. Well, and also in Unleashed, you only have to find five, whereas in, or sorry, in Colors, you only have to have five. Whereas in Unleashed, there were usually about, like, six medals per stage. And then also yeah. the random, like, unlockable, you know, assets and songs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so every, I think, ten red rings you collect. Uh, although, that it, it doesn't always feel accurate because it doesn't happen every time. You also have to um, get, like, twenty before you get one, I think. Oh, that's what it is. Um... So every every ten or twenty or whatever uh, red rings you collect, you unlock another stage in the like multiplayer mode, which is like an optional set of levels. Uh, and I believe if you unlock and then beat all of those levels, uh, you unlock Supersonic, or maybe you just have to get all of the red rings. But you do have to get all 180 red rings in order to unlock Supersonic. Can't you play all of those levels before you have all the red rings and you just can't you can, you can play the first act of all seven zones oh, without okay. getting any red rings i see but the second and third act and i don't know if there's more after that uh require red rings now i understand i was confused by that whole system because i only ever got like 30 the the system is really confusing it doesn't explain it uh unless i don't know if if you play the game with navigator mode on it does explain it i had the navigator mode on and it told me nothing you had it on what what's navigator mode like because i was like this will tell me how to play the game and i don't want it to do that because i know it's going to be annoying it just put up those sonic heroes classic like question mark with rainbow around it and if you hit oh, those yeah. tails like yo dog here's what's up <laughs> Hey but Sonic! It, it actually did you know a... if you hit the jump button, <laughs> you will jump? Push forward to move forward. You have to push forward to get to the question mark. <laughs> it, it's all the all the like help things appear and tell you how to do the thing that you have to do in order to access them. Oh, like game there's tutorials. a there's a gap between you and the the question mark that will tell you how to jump. It's like they made good level design, like they put an encouraging thing in front of you and require you to learn to get to it, but the thing you unlock is just the game telling you what you had to do and learn on your own anyway, because you're smart. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good bit, I gotta be real. The first stage of 
Sly 3, like the Sly Cooper games, is yeah. just a full-fledged stage where you have to use the majority of your abilities to get from point A to point B, and then directly after that is a really ham-fisted tutorial that teaches you how to do all the things you had to learn in the first stage to get to that tutorial. <laughs> it's like a solid five minutes of gameplay, and then the game is like, here's how you did everything you just did. Oh, man. It's like the most mind-boggling thing for a person that is new to games, and for a person that has, like, already played all of the games, putting the tutorial that late is just like a slap to the face because you just thought there wasn't going to be one and you were happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how, for the most part, Sonic Colors just goes, hey, if you don't want us to tell you, to tell you how to play, you, you we don't need to. Like, yeah. you can just figure out how to play. Hey, there's a cursor over an enemy. Like, maybe something will happen if you hit a button under those circumstances. Right, and there's you know? like three buttons that this game makes use of. Four if you count using a wisp. Like, it'll it'll pop up with the Z button whenever you need to, like, uh, duck under something. To slide, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, that's perfect for me. I think showing a button on the screen that says, hey, press this button to accomplish a specific task, and once I hit the button, I do it, and I know forever that that button does that thing, that's all you need for tutorials for a game like Sonic the Hedgehog, in, yeah. in my opinion. Something cool I just thought about was that you could play Sonic Colors with a Genesis controller for the most part. Ooh, you're right. Like, if when you got a Wisp, it just immediately used it instead of having to hit a button for some reason, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, that, would, that would change a lot about the level design, though. It wouldn't. Like, not much, because the drills are almost always directly over the spot where you use them. The lasers are very close to the spots where you want to use them, and if they just scooted them over to the diamonds, they would be the same, it would be less infuriating, you wouldn't That's have to do, true. you know, you wouldn't have to be worried about using it at the wrong time. Yeah. But, like, other than that, for the most part, the wisps are just directly where you have to start using them. The only problem, I guess, would be that with the cube wisp, you would need a activate button, because that's the only one that makes use of hitting Z more than once. I would like to say something nice about uh, Sonic Colors' red rings, uh, which is that some of them are fun to collect, but also uh, Colors does something that Unleashed doesn't do, which is that it tells you uh, which rings you've already collected. Yeah. So if, if I haven't collected the first and fifth, I know, hey, uh, I'm going to find one early in the level, and I'm going to find one late in the level. And so... It's not like in Unleashed where you're like, all right, I've got four sun medals. I hope I find the three others, but I don't know which three they are, like, yeah. at all. <laughs> it's also nice that when you play the level again, I mean, I think this is true for the medals as well, I'm not sure, but there's, like, the ring is still there even if you've already collected it, so you can grab it and mm -hmm. it'll show you which one you grabbed and give you the same points, but it just won't count towards getting more rings. I can't yeah. remember if that's true for the medals. Or, actually, you know what? That's probably not true. I... It is true for the medals. Uh, they don't give you any points, but they do show up, like, half-faded out. Like, transparent, yeah. yeah. Is that true for both versions, it's SD and HD? Um, oh, wait, no, SD never had the medals yeah, because they SD had a much have that. better system where you were encouraged to move fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and that's that's honestly the, the biggest flaw with Sonic Colors is that the system is built like HD Sonic Unleashed that wants you to slow down and explore and doesn't want you to to move quickly. Yeah. But like the levels aren't really built for exploring because all of the power-ups are one-time use. Yeah. Well, I will say that 
I never felt bad taking it slowly in this game because there was That's absolutely true. nothing to encourage you other than having a boost button. Yeah. Like, the boost button feels weird because you don't get to use it very much, and using it doesn't usually benefit you very much. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's there as an obligation, more or less. Yeah, there's, there's two benefits to boost, which is that you go instantly to max speed and you can't take damage. That's true. Yeah, for fighting enemies, fighting in air quotes, it's very beneficial. But it really, I mean, it's a, it's a serious, like, I want to say downgrade from Unleashed Spoost. Yeah. Yeah. So the writing in this game is not absolutely terrible, but it feels like a really, really different direction than the past, like, dozen Sonic games that we've had, because it's just a cartoon. It's just Sonic and Tails running around making really dumb jokes at Eggman's expense, and then Eggman also kind of just making his own dumb jokes occasionally, and his two robot buddies roasting him. Yeah, and one honestly, of them... the robot jokes are the best. Yeah. The... But they're I also like the worst? I don't know. I Q... I love Cubot in this game. I was going to say, I love Orbot, I hate Cubot. <laughs> you know the reality, Isaiah? Yeah. You're, o you're Orbot, I'm Cubot, Steven is Eggman. <laughs> you're so right. I'm just like, you fools, and Isaiah's like, Sonic, can I hang out with you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, there's... and then I'm like, y'all want fries with that? <laughs> and Steven's like, yeah. <laughs> and Isaiah's like, I swear to God, I don't like french fries, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, jokes, which I don't and, think is a bad and thing. It's nothing else. It's, it's, and no it's, other substance. It's actually nothing but jokes. Like, it's, it's yeah. like, even the plot, the plot is Eggman has built an interstellar amusement park, which is an yeah. incredible idea. For a villainous dolphin. Yeah, so he's, he's kidnapped a bunch of aliens called Wisps, which they will never refer to as Wisps in the story. Which I like. I like calling them aliens. It feels really xenophobic. It's great. <laughs> yeah, alright. And he's kidnapping them because they are a source of, like, a lot of power, and he's using them basically as a bunch of batteries. Yeah, he's they're converting flickies. them into frenzy wisps to power a mind control ray, which he will shoot at the Earth in order to take over the world. He also, like, shoots that Tails once, but that goes away real fast. Yeah, and it was it was dumb. Uh, Tails, like, holds out his hands like claws, which is not an elegant way to communicate that he's evil now. There's no, like, visual cue. It's, There's, like, that's just, it's just him, like, being he like dumb. He, like, like, is about to growl. Like, he's making the grr face. And it's impossible for me to take it. I mean, obviously, they don't want me to take it seriously, but, like, it's impossible for me to take it funny either. I mean, it's just not funny. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, a lot of the jokes are funny, but there's no good comedic timing. Oh, yeah, there's no timing at all for everything except for Orbot and Cubot. Yeah. Like, most of it is just Tails saying, it seems like he's saying underwear on his head, lol, random. Yeah. And then Sonic being, like, looking at the camera and going, that's a little weird, don't you think? 
I'm just gonna say aliens if that's okay with everyone. I hated that. It's more like he looks at the camera and says, "That's a little weird, don't you think?" Like he just it just takes a long time to get to the punchline. Yeah, I I don't want to say that I hated it, but I will forget about it tomorrow. <laughs> I definitely hated it as a kid. I hate it less now. It's it's weird because Sonic's character has always been fairly one note but his he still had relationships with people yeah so like you know you saw him interact with shadow and their gears grinded and you saw him interact with amy and he like he was like Ew. but now you see him interact with tails and he interacts with tails the same way he interacts with the alien the same way he interacts with eggman like he just makes stupid jokes at them he literally like there are several boss fights that uh steven you didn't get to like the last three boss fights before the final boss are all him entering the scene alone, cracking jokes to himself. The boss shows up and it's a giant robot that's like a hundred feet away from him. And he shouts jokes at the robot to which the robot does not respond at all. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, he's like trying to do like a banter bit alone. <laughs> I like the bit where it's, the, it's Admiral Jelly from like the aquatic base boss. Yeah. And the ship just like slowly blinks. <laughs> like that's like that's like the audience's reaction in real time. Man. Sonic interacts with inanimate objects the same way he interacts with Tails. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Also, Tails has gone from the constant loop of being wait Sonic to possibly getting to I can stand up for myself and then resetting each game. To not even having wait Sonic. He's not standing up for himself. He's not saying wait Sonic. He's just like useless and smart. Yeah, he's like, I'm building it. The only thing he does in this game is he builds a translator, uh, which doesn't work until the very end of the game when the only thing they say is, I have to leave now, goodbye. Yeah. Which, I mean, the only reason he's in this game is for the back and forth between Sonic and Tails. But then they... But then they have him not be there in half of the cutscenes at the end where he's just trying to make jokes at an audience of one robot who wants to kill him. Yeah. But Orbot and Cubot are funny. Orbot and Cubot are funny. Sometimes. They have like the straight man less straight what's the term? Goofy man, funny man, I guess? I actually have no idea what the second Yuck Yuckster like, character uh, is. Let me take a look. There's like a trope, but basically Orbot says some, like, logical things in a sassy way, and Cubot says, howdy there, partner, would you like some fries with that? <laughs> I, I guess it is straight man, funny man. Double act is the full trope name. Ah, okay. I guess. There, there's a bit where Cubot's, like, voice chip is broken, and it's stuck on cowboy. Or it's, it's stuck on, um... Cowboy. Is it cowboy at first, and then later it gets changed to... Like something right. else, I don't. I never got to the part where it changed. It becomes gangster. It it becomes gangster off screen. I think. At the very end, they're like, "Oh wow, you fixed his voice chip," and he has this like very high pitched voice that's like funny, haha. That yeah. like his regular voice also sucks. <laughs> Hold on, is it gangster as in like mobster or gangster as in like mobster. modern day like okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I guess I should have specified I don't, that. I don't think the Sonic writers trust themselves enough to handle that in a responsible fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what a train wreck it would be to watch. That's true. There's, there's a bit where the entire amusement park is exploding and like Eggman's really mad and it, this is a scene with Eggman, Orbot, and Cubot, right? Yeah. And like self-destruct is imminent but we still gotta dedicate a minute and a half to jokes about Cubot's like voice chip mm. and like I'm like this just isn't the right time for this like I yeah. can't laugh if I'm stressed out you guys are gonna explode in a minute well, the great joke there would have been... Because Orbot was kind of in Sonic Unleashed. And whenever Eggman's stuff was fucking up, Orbot would be like, Well, this wouldn't happen if you tried a little harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that would have been a great time for Orbot to be just as sassy as ever because he doesn't actually value his life because he hates working for Eggman. <laughs> See, that, that like, like that is an excellent bit. Is <laughs> Orbot is like, Look, I don't care if I die. I'm a robot. I was not built to care about those things. Yeah. <laughs> Working with you is not pleasant. And also, you are the one who caused us to be in this situation, so I don't care for your life either. <laughs> Ergo. Ergo. There's a great sequence after you fight, I think it's the first boss, like the wheel one, the Ferris wheel one. Yeah. Where Orbot and Cubot are cleaning up the robot viscera. <laughs> and I think it's Cubot, actually, that says, like, this is super messed up if you think about it from the perspective of a robot, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and Orbot's just that. like, don't think about it. Yeah, and then he's also don't like, I'm missing an arm. Did you see it? And Orbot is like, uh, foreshadowing. And it just shows the arm, like, tossed into the side of a blimp or something. It's the site of, like, one of the spots that, like, stores a, a lot of power. Yeah, but it looks like a blimp because air is coming out where the arm is sucking. Yeah, it... it is not very good foreshadowing, but it's the reason the explosion occurs that yes. makes Eggman get mad and Cubot's voice chip gets fixed and they spend too much time talking about that. <laughs> but ultimately, what I'm getting at with all of this is that the writing in this game is not bad, but it kind of has made me lose hope for ever liking Sonic characters again. <laughs> it's yeah. not bad. It's just, like, soul-crushing. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's just, like... Sonic it's used passion to, destroying. <laughs> Sonic used to unironically try to have like compelling characters, if not good writing. Yeah. And I think that many steps along the way they've done a good job with certain things. Like even though Sonic Unleashed's writing is not super impressive, I do like the characters in that game. But I feel like it's at this point that we're never going to see anything interesting happen with Amy ever again. And yeah. the same goes for pretty much everyone. <laughs> Although Amy, I feel like, is the biggest loss, because she has the most potential to be screwed up, and the most potential to be amazing, and the most potential to be both, if Sonic Battle is anything to, you know, think about. Oh man, that's that's really correct. Because in that game, she is both a terrible character, and a great opportunity for Emerald to be a good friend to someone. <laughs> I So, my my thinking is, I don't hate the the dynamic of Sonic and Tails in this game, of them having, like like a lighthearted banter in a tense situation of them being like, yeah, we're used to this, so we're just going to crack jokes well, while I, we, like, try and save the planets, right? I kind of hate that Tails just took on Sonic's personality in that case. 
because Tails yeah. was always the one who was anxious and Sonic would crack a joke and that was cool because that was actually a dynamic. But in this yeah. case, it's kind of like the thing that happens, and maybe this isn't the case, but I kind of feel like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everyone's sort of just osmosis, Iron Man slash uh, Tony Stark's like mentality and snark. Yeah. Like, it seems like from this point onward, everyone will just osmosis Sonic's like... Just like fast talking, whip cracking, whip cracking, no. uh, wise cracking, <laughs> wise cracking. Yeah, this, please, let's not let's not talk about Johnny Tess. <laughs> Sonic's wise cracking, fast talking demeanor and like my, lack I, of regard like, for the stakes. My brain was like, yeah, whip cracking is definitely correct. No, it isn't. But yeah, it. No, hold on a second. I think quip was the word I was thinking of when whip came out. <laughs> yeah, that's probably but it. Also, the Johnny Test whip crack sound effect <laughs> in this game every time Sonic says something stupid. Man. It, the thing is, is that, like, Johnny Test has comedic timing. You love it or hate it, like, it's very deliberate in its timing. Sonic Colors is... just doesn't have any kind of deliberate timing. And, like, all of the animation is, like, I'm going to, like... Uh, I'm going to physicalize everything I'm saying in, like, a really ham-fisted way that I think distracts from the actual punchlines. And yeah. I, I just think the actual execution of the jokes is not good. But we can all know. agree together that Orbot and Hubot as a pair are our favorite thing out of this game, writing-wise. I mean, they really are just, like, they're almost like scratching grounder yeah. reincarnated. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th I think, like, two robots that work with Eggman and are pretty dumb is a recipe for success. I also like that Orobot, because he previously existed in Unleashed with a different color palette and lacking a name, but he kind of feels like the big brother to Cubot also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say my favorite uh, thing writing-wise from Sonic Colors is when Sonic says, no copyright law in the universe is going to stop me. Wait, what? So, <laughs> oh, I guess you didn't get to that bit. Uh, there's a bit where, like... So Eggman's voice comes on the intercom every once in a while to do, yeah. like, a, like, uh, if you're feeling hungry, stop by the Big O Sushi for some well, sushi. Well, the owner of a white hover car, please pick it up or something and then yeah. let me steal from it or something. Yeah, it's like, like, what if a park announcement but evil? Well, no, then he's like, wait a minute, that's my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and, and some of those play during gameplay, and some of them are very, like, good bits, but also they play very quietly. Yeah, they're all mixed super low. It's, like, way worse than the problem in Sonic Adventure 2, where yeah. you can't hear the people talking over the background music. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's shouting over the music. In this, he's, like, quietly whispering into the same speaker that's also playing the music. Yeah. Um... Uh, hmm. But, but copyright so, law in the universe. So so there's a there's a bit where he's saying that like, uh, this like this park and all of the aliens that have been captured within it are properties of Eggman Enterprise Incorporated, uh, and like, uh, violators will be like prosecuted to the full extent or whatever. Like I don't remember the exact word, but it's like very like, uh, legalese stuff. Yeah. And Sonic is like, no copyright law in the universe is gonna stop me. That's, uh, and that's it's pretty iconic. Good. It's a really good line that he just, again, spends too long saying. Hey, you know what I forgot to mention that's kind of important? Yeah. What's that? Uh, new Sonic voice. Yeah. That's true. How do, how do you guys feel about Sonic's new voice acting? 
I don't like Roger Craig Smith. But then again, I don't really like the writing of these games, so I guess it fits him anyway. <laughs> I, I like him in later games, but I don't like him in this game. And I, I really think it's, like, I don't know anything about the the uh, process of writing and animating Sonic the Hedgehog games, but I have to assume there's something involved in, there's a, there's a Japanese development, and then there's an American development that just says, don't change the animation, only change the voice lines. So we have to tailor our delivery to how long it it took the original voice actor to say it and that's that's a recipe for destroying comedy yeah also Eggman's the same voice so that's nice yeah Mike Mike Pollock kills it as always every time I do and think that I'm glad Sonic's voice actor changed for this game where the tone also changed because that's even true the, yeah like even though I don't like this tone very much it feels more right for this voice actor mm-hmm. yeah he's he's got a wisecracking like voice they're, um, this also isn't the first game to have the voice change. They're also in Free Riders, but obviously you're putting that game on hold for the moment. And you'll hear a bit of some of the other voices in the DS version when we get there, but they're just small sound bits because it's the DS. Yeah. Right. Do these voices come from somewhere in particular, or did they just kind of do a whole new cast? Uh, I mean, so like the last batch of voice actors were like four kids mostly, but these ones are just kind of like, I don't want to say more professional, but they like, they are heavily involved in like a lot of the voice acting games and anime. They're just industry like regulars. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. I think they're good voice actors. Yeah. I just yeah. think the ma- the material is not ideal. Yeah, I was going to say I think for like what they had to work with, they did a fine job. Cuz if, if like, Tails like, voice acting. Straight up if you I mean, could just only like five voices. Yeah. My uh, my my official opinion is that if you could just speed up the cutscenes by like ten or twenty percent, everything would be a lot funnier. That's true. And also, the game over voice sounds like it's from Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> it does. Fall out. Game over. Maybe Orbot and Cubot are funnier because their mouths don't animate as heavily, so you're more free to do stuff with their lines. That yeah. that could be. There are also a few lines that I th- I feel like are ad-libbed because they're not they're not in the subtitles they're just kind of there yeah and sometimes the characters are facing away when they're saying them yeah uh so yeah that's the uh that's the uh cutscene there is one semi-dramatic moment where sonic pushes tails into an elevator (laughs) that was kind of nice but it i mean it was mostly like he's gonna crack a joke and then he pushes tails into an elevator and then he cracks another joke and like yeah we, we, we have the potential, but this the game isn't intending to be serious at all. Yeah. And so, then you fight the final boss. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, <laughs> the last thing we, we need to talk about is the presentation of this game, referring to the music and the visuals. I think that the music in this game, we can all agree, is pretty good. Top notch. Uh, it is in my top five Sonic soundtracks. I'm not sure... I think it's in my top three. I'm not sure if I like it more or less than the Unleashed music because Unleashed's music was also very good. That's true. And this game's soundtrack is a lot more poppy than Unleashed was, but that suits the mood of this game well. Also, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I prefer the poppiness, and that's and that kind of overshadows a lot of the mellow night music that I just don't care for. I yeah. really like the like ambiance and atmosphere of the Unleashed soundtrack. Like, I feel like all of the songs fit exactly the purpose they're supposed to in the game 
Yeah. Uh, but I think Sonic Colors, the music fits the it like situation in the game, but also it's excellent to listen to. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's why I prefer it. I also think that Sonic Colors in general is a much safer game all around. Yeah. Like I don't think this offended anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know some of the some of the cutscenes. A lot of people weren't happy about them. But yeah, I'm with Charlie. I think that part of the thing that I'm not super impressed with by this game is that all of the decisions were too safe, except maybe the Wisps. But even they were implemented somewhat, like, I guess, conservatively. Like, they're not yeah. all over the place. It doesn't seem like the levels were heavily designed around them. It's just individual segments here and there. Yeah. Whereas with the Night Mode and Unleashed, like it or not, they gave it their all on that. That's That's for sure. They were figuring things out. Yeah. What was your favorite zone aesthetically? I think that aesthetically, my favorite zone is probably the... Is it just Candy Mountain? Uh, Sweet, Sweet Mountain. Mountain. Sweet Mountain. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. I like Kirby levels, so... <laughs> That's real. But I, I, love... I did enjoy that the ground was cake. Yeah. I also like that that level just shoots missiles at you. I always like missiles in games, especially when they take up a lot of screen real estate. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, there's there's levels where you are running in like this 3D like section you're running forward and there are missiles coming at you that you just have to like dip out into a lower layer in order to avoid. Yeah. It's good stuff. I really enjoy the vertical segments of that level where you're going around like a cylinder so the camera pans with you and they I think they make a nice use of the camera angles with that and then also using the dig power up digging through a cylinder is kind of neat Mm -hmm. and also the the dirt in that section like Charlie mentioned earlier is cake so you go through different layers and that looks a lot cooler than just the generic dirt in other sections yeah and then I also just think that there's other little individual like I don't know what you would call them, but, like, just, like, dressing-type things. Like, there's popcorn that you run through in that stage, and there's, you know, the missiles I mentioned, and there's, like, there's... You go between a bunch of, like, steel rigging to set up the missiles to just running along candy stuff to, like, jumping up and down on a cake. Like, there's all kinds of silly stuff in that level that I like a lot. And I think that the color palette in general is nice because it's a lot of these warm, like, sunset tones against, like, some white-frosted cake and stuff like that. I think it just meshes really well, and it's unique compared to a lot of the other things in this game, which are a little bit darker in tone, and you're frequently in things that I would describe as, like, night segments. Yeah. Like, everything kind of feels like a casino level in this game to me. <laughs> yeah, everything is the amusement park trope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think there is a lot of, like, visual variety within this game. Oh, for sure. Uh, it, it really stretches the, like, so the whole game takes place in an amusement park, but how can we make it, like, as many different forms of that as possible? I think it does a really good job. Yeah. I just think, uh, for me, Sweet Mountain is, like, the most unique out of all of them, and it's also the set of colors that I like the most. That's real. Uh, Charlie, what's your favorite zone? Um, I think my favorite's been Asteroid Coaster. Mm-hmm. I like the music that goes with it. I oh, like, yeah. Uh, lime Green is one of my favorite colors, so you get to see a lot of that. Um, I, I kind of like the aesthetic of it just being kind of a factory. Yeah. Yeah. Always a good vibe um, in Sonic. I mean, I so I feel like, I mean, Tropical Resort has a lot of neat little things to look at. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that, but I think there's always something about Asteroid Coaster that makes me want to go to it over others. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's probably Starlight Carnival. 
I was uh, expecting someone to mention that, but I wasn't sure who it was going to be. <laughs> well, I really like I really like the open space vibe. Like yeah. between Asteroid Coaster and Starlight Carnival, whenever you're in space, I'm having a good time. Um, uh, especially in like there's there's bits in uh, Starlight Carnival where you are just free floating in space and you have to homing attack uh, asteroids. Uh, that's also an asteroid coaster. Uh, well, in Starlight Carnival, it's like the big rotating metal panels from like yeah. an SNES space game. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I, think this is... I I get it mixed up because this is the one time there's actually overlapping aesthetic, but I think there's a bit where you are like running around on Saturn rings as well. That must be um, asteroid coaster because I don't remember that and I didn't I play know there's. There's bits in Starlight Carnival which is just like aesthetically, I love like looking at this and watching it happen, where you're running on like an energy beam that is generating as you're running on it, like in space. It specifically uh, looks like Mario Kart Rainbow Road type deal, where it's like yeah. a, a stretch of clearly designed road that is appearing as like these glowy panels. Like yeah. calling it a laser, I don't think quite does it justice. Yeah, I, it's it's very like specific because it's not just it's not like a rainbow like in yeah. Mario Kart. It's like mostly like purples. Yeah, it's it's um, straight one color, but I just mean the like. It is like that kind of road thing. Yeah, it's like um, straight up a road for sure. But you've got this sense of like I don't know where I'm going because I literally can't see the road ahead of me. It only exists where I am now. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got stuff where you're running around giant like. A very vibrantly colored but mostly purple spaceships uh and some of them there's bits where they like warp in like you see them appear piece by piece as you're running along this road um and they're appearing you sort of get the sense they're appearing exactly the same way the road is but they're huge so it yeah. looks more granular um and it's it's very cool overall visually this game knocks out of the park for sure there's plenty of spectacle left and right. Every stage has at least one little unique set piece. Yeah. And that's impressive because there are six acts <laughs> six acts to a zone in this game. Yeah. If you want to call them zones, like they're just called like planets, right? Uh they're attractions. Attraction, there we go. Yeah, I think there's only actually three planets. All the rest Which are the fact I don't I don't know if like Eggman just like found a naturally sweet planet or he just polluted the <laughs> hell out of it. <laughs> just dumping icing instead of toxic waste. Planet Wisp has a good bit where like it is canonically under construction and so it has the most nature, but it also is like the most industrial at the same time. Yeah, it goes back and forth between them instead of having them mesh together, kind of like in Sonic CD. It's not it's not like my favorite of the six aesthetics, but it is definitely something to like appreciate. Yeah. I mean it's every well single done. stage is unique. So that's, that's super true. cool. Yeah. Uh alright, are we ready for thumbs? Yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. Wait, hold on a second. I wanna like oh. <laughs> say uh one more thing. Okay. I kinda like I like the so I like I w I wasn't sure when I was gonna say this, but I'm gonna say it now. I like it when if you hit multiple enemies in a row, go slam! <laughs> yes. That's true, yeah. And also, good, great, awesome, outstanding, amazing! amazing. <laughs> okay, that's all I have to say. That's fair. But that stuff is good. I think the sound design in this game is good in general. That's actually something we didn't talk about, even though we talked about music. Yeah. Except that sometimes it just uses unleashed sound effects again. <laughs> yeah. I think that's only in menus, though. 
But you're I do right. like how Eggman will like give you a brief announcement of the place you're going to. He'll be like, "Oh, next yeah, stop that's true. is Sweet Mountain." On the, tell you a on the world it. map, whenever you're selecting a zone, uh, you've got a bit of voice acting, which is, it's just like really nice flavor. Mm -hmm. It makes it feel more like a world. That's that's one thing that I will absolutely give this game, is that it feels like the most complete and like, uh, what do you call it? Like, the, the game concise. feels concise, maybe. Yeah, it just feels like it fits together with itself better than any other Sonic game before it. Yeah. Yeah. Except for maybe like Sonic 2. Uh, I guess. I mean, Sonic 2 was before we had, like, stage transitions. That's that's true. Uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles obviously doesn't feel put together, because you have to do that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it did the steps for stage transitions. But this game just, it feels like you're in the same concept the whole time, but you get to see a whole ton of different things, but none yeah. of it feels out of place. It's very, the, it's very cohesive. Yeah. Yes, cohesive was a word I wanted to use. And also the cutscenes where Sonic and Tails are like walking around together make for a nice little transition from area to area. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now we're ready for thumbs up, thumbs down. All right. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> I'm going to say thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I think that it's not the most mind-blowing Sonic game for sure. I think that safe yeah. is the best word for it. And I, I think that no one would be offended with their purchase of this game. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I beat the game because I <laughs> wanted to keep playing the game. Yeah, but to say that you beat a game is almost more like an insult than a compliment That's, because I do, you choose to beat terrible games constantly. I do often beat not good games. You're right. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, but I, I beat this game because because I enjoyed playing it. Yeah. Which is very nice. Uh, we didn't talk at all about terminal velocity, the final like location. Uh, I just I just want to express number one, its name is phenomenal, and number two, uh, the music is phenomenal. The music is phenomenal, and number three, uh, the entire stage is just you running down a space elevator from like the tropical resort to Earth. So you're running like straight down the entire stage, which is just like. Like, it just feels good to do. Yeah, they somehow took every Sonic game, like most Sonic games, ending with a space level, and found a way to turn it up even higher. <laughs> found a way to make it work in a game entirely set in space. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Sonic games almost never disappoint with their finales. Yeah. The only, the only times they do is when, like, the quality dips downward as the game progresses as sometimes happens, like, on I mean, on Game Gear games and such. Even then, Sonic Adventure, like, it, generally speaking, gets worse the longer you play it. But, like, <laughs> after you fucking wade through Big the Cat, you fight Chaos and it's cool again. That's tr You're right about that, yeah. And, like, Sonic Adventure 2, while Final Rush and whatever the other <laughs> uh, Final, Final Chase. Chase. Yeah, while those levels are cool, if you're, like, not great at the game, they suck pretty hard. And then yeah. you fight Bio-Lizard, and that's pretty dope again. Yeah, that's true. And, like, Sonic 3 and Knuckles has a great ending. And the endings to Sonic 1 and 2 are, like, a little bit dubious, but they're still pretty cool. You get to, like, kill Eggman without actually murdering him, and that's nice. I do I do think the, the Sonic game's ending in space, like, always feels good. Yes, for sure. It feels yeah, like right the, about that. the Dragon Ball Z vibes of, like... There's so much power that you have to take it somewhere safe. 
<laughs> like, you can tell things are getting serious because we're no longer in the atmosphere. Yeah. And that's when you can go super and all that. It's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. And the cool thing about Sonic Adventure is that it kind of subverts that by destroying the city before you fight. So it's like, <laughs> there's nothing left to protect, so you that's might as well true. go all out. <laughs> might as well go super now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay, 3D game, you can go super. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, what's our next game? Sonic Colors on the DS. That's right. Tune yeah. in for Sonic Colors next time. Dimps is back for more. I'm 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 now excited about the Dimps saga. I'm fairly in the pro Dimps camp now. Me too. I like Dimps a lot. Dimps should just make Sonic games instead of <laughs> Sonic Team. <laughs> I'm trying to think. This forces forces doesn't have a handheld port, does it? No. I mean, there's a mobile game. Right. That's not really. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah, I guess maybe Generations is the last one, the last Dimps game. Uh, no, I think Lost World. Oh, you're right. Lost World does have one. Okay, it's not just Generations. Oh, yeah. It's Generations and Lost World. And then we do have a DS or 3DS rather version of Sonic Boom, but it's kind of a whole different game because it has a different yeah. subtitle, right? It's yeah, it's like it has a different plot and all that. Yeah. All right. Um, spin you later. I mean, you can tell them where they can find you on Twitter That's and the right. podcast I and our email. That we forgot that we do those things. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at. Isaiah Games, that's I-S-I-A-H Games, uh, but I should also probably tell you how to find the Twitter podcast, the podcast Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter podcast? The Twitter podcast. Yeah, we're starting a new podcast about Twitter. We just tweet 30 seconds of the podcast each day. <laughs> the podcast Twitter is at uh, NSDZ, or is it at No Spin Dash Zone? It's at No Spin Dash Zone. At No Spin Dash Zone. You can also email us at no zone at gmail.com oh you did the thing where you say at twice <sighs> you can send us your emails using the email address there we go that's good no stuff no zone at gmail.com uh you can find me at draws charlie on twitter <laughs> sometimes sometimes you can find him sometimes he changes his handle <laughs> he's he's hiding from you what if I'm you hiding from society what if you like privatized your account like like you always privatized your account, but for like a day at random each week, you unprivatize it, and that's the only time you'll accept followers. <laughs> it's like a club. I'm not that cool. <laughs> that's that's really good. You have to work in order to follow Charlie. You just have to like keep an eye out. <laughs> uh, you can also think about listening to my other podcast, which is called Kingdom Hearts: A Forgotten Era, uh, and it's a tabletop uh, podcast, but the campaign takes place in the world of Kingdom Hearts. So that's that's pretty good stuff. More like Kingdom Farts. That's com. that's really that's really good, Steven. Kingdom Farts of Fart Garden Era. Can I can I tell you uh some stuff went down in the two sessions we recorded since the guest episode? Have we even announced on this podcast that I'm a guest on that show? Oh, that's I right. Think so. <laughs> I know I don't we talked we about have. it, but I wasn't sure if we like officially said it was okay to mention. <laughs> So I'm I'm on the podcast, but you know who else was on the show for two full episodes? <laughs> That's Steven. We have two-thirds of the NSDZ on the podcast Kingdom Hearts of Forgotten Era. Cave, if you will. Or cafe, if you won't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll spin dash you later. <laughs> yeah. Do we have episode numbers for the ones I'm in? Um It's like it's eleven and thirteen? I think it's 
Organization yeah. 13. That's one. Yeah, I think it's 11 and 13, but it should... It, the the titles of the episodes, if they're even uploaded by the time this comes out, uh, should be, like, guest episode or whatever featuring uh, Steven and Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sticker with my name on it on the podcast art. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. It's good stuff. Uh, it's a very it's a very fun show, so I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I'll link it in the description if possible. If not possible, then well, we'll see you next time. Get, get, spin. See you later. later, Space Cowboy. What is it? What is it? See you next time, Space Cowboy. It's um. Yeah, it's something like that. I'm watching that. Cowboy boo. It's see you tomorrow, Space Cowboy. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank the LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.